Well, let me welcome you this morning to Stevenson High Kirk here in North Ayrshire for our morning devotions. I know that I'll have just returned from holiday and therefore this will be a pre-recorded service, but I pray that the Lord will encourage you and bless you. Well, we're going to sing in our opening hymn, Let the Weak Say I Am Strong. Let's unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray. O our gracious and eternal God, O may we experience your intimate presence here this morning and that we would know your joy over us as we pray. O out of the ocean of your mercy, Lord, speak into the depths of our broken and contrite hearts. And out of the depths of divine grace and love, oh, let your glory fall in this place. Oh, that you would reveal yourself to us. For we long to know you more and to experience your presence more deeply. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning for you have made yourself known to us in Christ and have invited us to share in his life, the life of Christ a life empowered of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, Lord, help us to grow 
more into the likeness of Christ our Saviour. And so, loving Heavenly Father, forgive us, cleanse us, fill us, renew us and revive us. And may the overflow of a life with Christ touch our families, our friends, our neighbours, those in our communities. And Lord, as we live in this world, oh, may we live for your glory and praise, showing the love of Christ and the loveliness of Jesus in all that we do and say. And so, Lord, you also reveal yourself to us in the communion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, lead us now to that throne of grace, the place of deep fellowship, of deep love, of deep joy, where we can grow in faith, hope, and love. And as we close our prayer together, Lord, may your smile rest upon us as we now share in the Lord's Prayer, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're now going to take our Bible reading from Matthew's Gospel there in chapter 5. And we'll be reading the first 12 verses. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, let's return to our reading there in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 5. And we've now come to what has been known as the Sermon on the Mount. We've been sharing in our reflections through the Gospel of Matthew. And it's been a wonderful journey. I have to say, I've been loving Matthew's Gospel. There since the beginning of Advent, where we've followed Matthew's heart as he reveals Christ, our glorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And from the very outset... Matthew can't get over it. Oh, he's just caught up with Christ. And so we see, of course, Jesus there through the 
genealogy. The royal king himself has arrived. And then we see the Magi and others, shepherds, coming to worship the king. Remember how when Jesus preached there in the synagogue in, in Nazareth, he took a hold of the prophecy of Isaiah. And this is what he read. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. There in that synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus said that today in your hearing, the scripture has been fulfilled. The sovereign Lord has anointed me. He has appointed me. He has sent me out with the good news. And this good news is to the poor. It's to the poor. In James, when James wrote his letter, in, in chapter 2 we read, Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him. Now Jesus is not saying, blessed are the financially poor. If you have no money left and you're in absolute poverty, then that's, that's a blessing. Jesus is not teaching that. He's not teaching as well that it's a blessed life to be poor spirited. Do you know what poor spirit it is? That's the, oh, I'm useless. Oh, I'm just awful. I'm just a, I'm a worm in the dust. Oh, how could God use me? Oh, Lord, I'm just so awful. That's a poor spirited life. It's not what Jesus describes as the poor in spirit. Because, you know, the poor-spirited life is, it often focuses on poor me. Poor me. Lord, look at me. Look what I am. I don't know if I'm good enough for heaven. And, you know, I've met many a soul who'll tell me that. They'll say, Scott, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough for heaven. Well, can I maybe encourage a heart? Now, that's not what Jesus means by a a heart that is poor in spirit. That's being poor spirited. And so today, can we consider this beatitude, the first of the beatitudes? So what is poverty of spirit? Well, the word itself, poor, that's used here, it's to be a spiritual beggar before the presence of God. It's to be a beggar where you have nothing. Now, there are two words that have been used in the Gospels to talk about the poor. There is one word that's used for poor, which describes, remember the, the widow with the mite? She's described as poor. But it's not the word that Jesus uses here as the poor in spirit. That widow at least she had a mite, even if it was the last coin she had. She had something. 
And so there, she's described as poor. But that's not the poor in spirit that Jesus is describing. The other word that's used for poor is a beggar. It's someone who has absolutely nothing. They've got no home. They've got no finance. It's someone who has absolutely nothing to call their own. And this is the word that Jesus uses for the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor, the beggars in the spirit. It's a feeling of absolute powerlessness. It's a description of a soul that can't do anything. You can't save yourself. You can't get to heaven by something you try and do. It's, it's that feeling of, I'm absolutely powerless. Lord, I keep hearing Scott every Sunday or as many Sundays as, as I can remember. He keeps telling us about how we can't get into heaven by our works, not even by our prayers or our charity givings. He keeps telling us about how we can't do anything to earn it. And so you can get to a place, can't you, where you think, well, how can I ever get in? <laughs> I am so powerless. I am so useless. How, how would I do it then? Scott's taken the crutch from me where I thought at least if I, I, I could go to church and do my Bible readings and say my prayers, if I could show all this at least, I, I could say, well, maybe I'll get to heaven because of this. But to be poor in spirit is where you have that sense of just helplessness where you know you have nothing. Nothing is going to get you into heaven. Nothing is going to make you acceptable to before the presence of God. That's the word that is describing the poor in spirit. We actually ought to feel helpless in regards to how we get to heaven. If we can't save ourselves, if we can't get there by something that we do, then, Lord, you have to do it. You have to save me. You have to come and literally pick me up and carry me to heaven. If I can't do anything, you've got to just carry me. You've got to take me. You've got to physically get a hold of me. If I'm, Lord, I'm just helpless and I'm hopeless. Even my best prayers, they can make me feel good, but, Lord... It's only your grace, it's only your mercy that I can even be heard in the courts of heaven. It's that sense of powerlessness. It's a sense of emptiness before God. It's where you come to a place. The blessed life is a life that says, Lord, I am empty this morning. I feel so empty, but Lord, please fill me. Now, Jesus tells us, now that's a blessed life, to be in that place. Because remember, God can only fill that which is empty. If you're already full of your own importance and full of your own good works and full of your own achievements and full of your own abilities, then God can't fill you. There's no need because you're already full of yourself. But oh, a blessed life to is the poor in spirit, that life that senses, 
their helplessness, their hopelessness, their emptiness. It's that sense of being unclean. It's that sense of before the presence of God, I'm not holy. I don't feel that I am righteous in any way. I feel so different to what God is. What I see in Christ, that's not me. Lord, I feel so unclean. Remember Isaiah? There in chapter 6, we read, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. As Isaiah saw the glory of God, as he saw God there in the heavenlies, what does he say? Woe is me, for I am unclean, and I dwell amongst a people who are unclean. Seeing the glory of God, seeing the beauty of Christ, actually made him feel more unclean in himself. He realized how far he was from the likeness of Christ, from God himself, who is holy, holy, holy. Isaiah heard the angels there singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And in the presence of that glory, in the presence of the holiness of God, Isaiah, we see that blessed life of Isaiah, we see a life that is poor in spirit. Now Jesus would point to Isaiah and say, now that's a blessed life. Look at Isaiah, poor in spirit. And what life does that look like? Woe is me, for I am undone. It's that feeling of total unworthiness that, Lord, I don't deserve to get into heaven. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve anything, Lord. Remember the centurion? Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. And what does Jesus say of the centurion? What great faith. I haven't seen faith like this in the whole of Israel. What wonderful faith. This is a blessed man. This is the life that is blessed. Here is a centurion, poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is to be totally dependent and reliant on God for everything. That's what it is to be poor in spirit. Listen to Job. I, I had heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's Job, poor in spirit. Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in Christ, you're just the branches. But when we are engrafted into Christ, the, the true vine, then fruit will appear. It's not about trying your best to produce fruit in your life. If you want to see fruit, spiritual fruit in your life, then Jesus said, abide in me. Abide in me. Because if you 
just abide in your own abilities and your, and your own works, you're not going to produce much fruit. But when you abide in me, fruit will appear. It's the nature of the tree. When the branches are engrafted into the vine, then fruit will just, it will appear. And as you abide in Christ, as you rely on Jesus for your very breath, every breath we take, we're reliant on God for it. A day, we're reliant on the Lord for each day we have. We don't know our tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week or next year. We don't know what's going to happen in the next half hour. We're totally reliant on the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And as we abide in Christ, as we are reliant in Him, then we'll see fruit. We'll know a blessed life. Look at Peter. There in Luke's Gospel at chapter 5 at verse 8, Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter had just seen a glimpse of the kingdom. He saw a wonderful miracle. The glory of God appears as Jesus does a great miracle. And Peter's response was, Woe is me. I'm undone. Lord, I'm not even worthy. Depart. I, I'm a sinful man. Lord, how could you possibly want to do anything with me? That's what it is to be poor in spirit. When we know, Lord, I don't deserve this, but oh, thank you for your grace. Lord, I don't deserve your love this morning. I don't deserve forgiveness for what I've done, for what I've said, for the way I've been living. I haven't even thought about you much. Lord, the way I've been living, I don't deserve anything. And the thought of you blessing me, Lord, I don't even deserve you to bless me this morning. I'm here in church, but Lord, I just don't feel that you could even bless me because I know what I've been doing all week. And I haven't given you much thought. Oh, and the Lord comes this morning. And he comes. God is here. But he wants to bless you. He desires to bless. Augustus Top Lady wrote that beautiful hymn, Rock of Ages. And that beautiful line, Nothing in my hands I bring, Simply to thy cross I cling. I was also reading this week about the life of William Carey, the great missionary. And I was so caught by his gravestone. This is what it says on William Carey, the great Victorian missionary. This is on his gravestone. Born August the 17th, 1761. Died June 9th, 1834. A wretched, poor and helpless worm. Now, it doesn't finish there, though. <laughs> On thy kind arms I fall. Do you know this? That really touched me. I was just thinking of William Carey, the other great missionary. And, you know, he, he's been one of my great heroes, too. When I look at all these great missionaries and William Carey, and here he is, he wanted on his tombstone, a wretched, poor, and helpless worm. 
On thy kind arms I fall. That's poor in spirit. It's not just saying I'm wretched, I'm poor and blind. I'm naked, I'm nothing, Lord. It's yes, I'm all these things, but I rest on your arms. I rest in your loving arms. Lord, yes, I'm so hopeless this morning. I'm so empty. I'm so cold of heart. I feel just as if there's just no spiritual life in me at all. But Lord, I rest on thy arms. Lord, I ask that I could just rest in you. Lord, I want to just rest this morning in your loving arms. That's the poor in spirit. Despite how you feel, that you can go this morning and say, Lord, despite everything, I rest in thee. I rest in thee. Lord, I want to take refuge in you. Lord, I want to take shelter today. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed of my Christian life. But Lord, I rest on you. The God who is gracious. Jesus, my loving Savior. You came for the poor in spirit. You came to announce the good news to the poor. That's me, Lord. You came for me, the contrite and broken spirit. You don't despise, Lord. You have a special love for the broken of heart, for the poor in spirit. And so, just as we close in this first beatitude, can I just ask us to consider for a moment, look at the poverty of spirit in Christ. Have you noticed that? When Jesus went and presented himself for baptism to John. John said, Jesus, no, you've got it the wrong way around. I should be baptizing you. And look at the poverty of spirit. Look at this Jesus there, modeling for us what it is to be poor of spirit. He said to John, let it be so. I'm surrendering to my father. I want to obey my father. I want to fulfill all righteousness. I want to fulfill the scriptures, John. My life is surrendered to the will of God, my Father. What he asks of me, I'll do. And so we see in Christ what it is to be poor in spirit, don't we? He surrenders to his Father's will. And there, when Jesus was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, did you notice again? As Satan came against him, Jesus again reliant on the word of God. It is written, he told Satan. Jesus was so reliant on his father. And we see that not just as he relies on the word of God. Notice in prayer. Jesus was so reliant on his Father that he would rise early in the morning to pray. Again in the Gospels, we read how he, there were occasions where he prayed all night long. When he was calling his disciples, he prayed. There on the Mount of Transfiguration, he prayed. There in the baptism in the River Jordan, it says, he prayed. Jesus was reliant, totally dependent on his Father. He said, that which I see my father do, that's what I do. I'm so, my father, 
I'm here to do his will, not my will. And there in Gethsemane, see him in prayer. Jesus, poor in spirit. As he's reliant there upon his Lord, as he prepares for the cross, as he prepares for Calvary. What do we find him doing? He's praying to his Father. A surrendered life. A truly blessed life. That's the model for us. Christ, the blessed life. And Jesus knew what it was to be poor in spirit. The Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians. Now remember the church in Philippi, they thought they were somebody. <laughs> they thought that they were something. They had known God's blessing. They had known, yes, God's power. They had known miracles. The church there at Philippi, oh, they, they knew the blessing of God. And you know, sometimes when God blesses, rather than God's blessing humbling us, which it ought to do, like all that we've read so far, oh Lord, I don't deserve this. Lord, depart from me. That's, that's the poor in spirit. But you know, sometimes when we get blessed, we can be puffed up. Oh, the Lord must love me. Oh, he must prefer me above others. Oh, our church is being blessed. It's growing. And oh, oh, there's more life in our church than the church down the road. Oh, we must be doing something right. And you know, sometimes, yes, when God blesses, instead of being humbled, we can get puffed up. And so Paul writes to a church that had known the blessing of God, but it became puffed up. And so he reminds them, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Paul writes, this is what you ought to be. When you know God's blessing, it should humble you. Remember Jesus who humbled himself, who showed us what it is to be poor in spirit. Oh, follow him. Abide in him. Grow up in him. Stay close to him. Follow him and go for him. And so today, this sermon it's for those of you who feel poor today, poor in spirit. And the Lord wants to tell each one of you, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. I like that. What a promise. Today, if you feel spiritually poor, if you feel spiritually weak, if you feel spiritually empty, if you feel spiritually cold, if you feel as if the fire is not burning today in your heart, if you feel as if, Lord, I just don't feel I'm in love as I once was in Jesus. Lord, I feel bruised. I feel hurt. I've been disappointed with others and I just feel so distrustful. Lord, I just have lost heart in it all. And so the Lord wants to speak to you especially. 
Blessed are you. Yours is the kingdom. The kingdom is especially for you. What a promise. And Jesus is going to go on and therefore say, therefore, when you pray, pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. This is a prayer for those who are poor in spirit. And so, oh, may the Lord bless each one of you this morning. Oh, I pray that you will know his blessing, that you will know life flourishing again in your heart, that you will leave here with a wee lightness in your step as you seek to follow him, as you seek to go for him, as you seek to abide in him. And as you abide in Christ, oh, you will know a blessed life. And so, now for a moment, can we go to prayer? And this is an opportunity where you can just have a prayer on your own, just issues on your own heart. Please bring them just in quietness before the Lord. And then Helen's going to lead us in our intercessory prayers. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace with thankful hearts for your amazing compassion and love for each one of us. We come not by our merits, but through the blood of Jesus. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavors, but by the blood of the Lamb. Father, we are aware that without you, we can do nothing. Thank you that we can come together with our brothers and sisters to worship you. And we know you are going to bless each one of us today. We pray for those who are unable to be here. And we bring before you all of our church family and pray in particular for any who are struggling with illness or fear of the future. May all experience your presence and be able to rest in your everlasting arms. And may we all seek to care for each other in whatever way we can. We remember also people in different parts of the world who are suffering terrible atrocities and those who are being persecuted to the point of death as they take a stand for you and spread the good news of Jesus. Do strengthen them and bring good out of evil, as you have done before. Father, so often we do not know just how to pray, but we remind ourselves that you are in control. We hold all our governments, including our own, before you, and ask that you will help them to act with integrity and compassion. We pray for those in Parliament who are our believers. Give them boldness to witness for you and to promote righteousness. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give thanks for the tithes and offerings and the generosity shown and given to Mary's meals. May they prove to be a blessing to many people.
bless the preaching of your word today. Thank you for Scott for this faithfulness in preaching your word. And help us to hear and respond by giving our all to you. May we reflect Jesus in our everyday living. And may his name be glorified. In your mercy, hear our prayers. As we ask all in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to worship the Lord together as we stand to sing in our closing hymn, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. So let's worship together.
And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.